At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warm up from Lee Welcome to Lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Eastern Family Podcast. As we've got a tremendous podcast for you. Guys. In the second segment, we're going to be joined by Ariel Epstein, better known as the Prop Queen. She does an amazing job over there at Yahoo Sportsbook. On top of that, MLB Network, you're able to catch her on the pregame spread, one of the best in the business. And been really lucky to have some great female guests on the last few days. We have Minty Betts, also of Yahoo Sports on a few days ago, Annie Sabo. So, in my opinion, we've had a great run of guests the last few days. So, feeling very good about that. And glad that Ariel's going to be stopping by today as we're going to be taking a look at things to take a look at towards the second half of the season. As we know, All Star break is approaching. So, going to be a little bit more dormant in terms of the game by game betting this week. But, with that said, there is a way to be able to extract some value, be able to take a look at some of these reset futures as well. So we're going to be talking about that. We're also going to get her thoughts on just how to be able to gauge K-props, what she's been looking at, some of the big splits that has been instrumental in her handicapping as well. So we're going to have a great chat with Ariel in the second segment and then in the final segment. Going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Sunday as we touch them all. First things first, always do love to be able to answer Twitter questions on this podcast. If you got one or two ways to be for those in. First one is by Twitter timeline at unit underscore 81. Keep in mind letters EM. They mean does not matter, so as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. 
If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Five, that five star review really did not wind up getting in any Twitter questions today, but had a great day of baseball on Saturday. And when you wind up hearing this podcast 24 hours from now, I'm actually going to be in Hawaii. So we've got a lot of fun coming up in the next few days and we had a lot of fun on Saturday. So let's take a look back at it. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. For those looking for a nice solid fade out there in baseball, the DK Nation pick provided that and it wasn't the DK Nation pick itself. It's the person that we were fading. Lance Lynn winds up getting lit up by the Minnesota Twins as Minnesota gets a 6-3 win. For Lynn, he has now given up at least five runs in five out of his last six starts. He gets destroyed. Gives up three bombs, goes five innings, gives up six runs, all of which were earned. Going deep for the Minnesota Twins, Ode Palanco, 14th home run season. Carlos Correa is 11th, and then Luis Rice was able to get his fifth. For the White Sox from there, you did wind up having Matt Foster and Tanner Banks goodbye him for a scoreless setting. Jose Ruiz, Judy Lambert, they both give you a scoreless setting, but for Minnesota, Dylan, don't call him Al Bundy. Not great, not terrible. Three runs given up over the course of five and a third innings. From there, Johan Duran winds up giving you a two-inning save, two scoreless settings. Griffin Jacks, scoreless setting, and Trevor McGill was able to give you a pair of outs of the bullpen. The St. Louis Cardinals, they laid the lumber to the Cincinnati Reds. Reds wind up losing this one by a count of 11-3 as Nick Lodolo was not long for this game, giving up five runs over the course of two innings. From there, Jeff Hoffman, he gives up two runs over the course of his inning of work. Ryan Hendricks, two scoreless inning. Reviers and Martin along with Buck Farmer, they both give you a scoreless inning. And Alexis Diaz gives up an unearned run while not being able to get it out. I think that he wound up getting pulled from this game due to an injury, so that's not great. And Hunter Strickland, he gives up three runs, including a homer in the eighth inning going deep for the uh, St. Louis Cardinals in this one. Paul Goldschmidt, right now the NL betting favorite for MVP, 20th home run season. And Lars Newtbar is the gentleman that goes deep off Hunter Strickland. Fourth home run season is Miles Michaelis. Very solid start. Gives up a solo run over the course of his seven innings of work. Yuan Oviedo was able to give you one and two-thirds innings scoreless at TJ McFarlane. Does give up a pair of runs, but with that said, they were both unearned runs as he was hurt by a pair of errors, so I want to bring them in for the Cincinnati Reds. Jonathan India gets his fourth home run of the season. The Blue Jays had to sweat it out against the Royals. They get the job done in the 10th inning, and a game in which if you want to take the under, I feel bad for you. Five runs scored in the 10th inning as it winds up landing 6-5 on this final. Game was 3-3 at the end of regulation as yeah, both starters wind up doing not necessarily a great job, but the bullpen's behind them. Hold down the fort. Daniel Lynch gives up three runs over the course of three and two-thirds innings. Flip side for the Toronto Blue Jays. Max Cassio, three runs in three innings, but Trevor Richards, Tim Mesa, David Phelps, Adam Simber, I'll give you a scoreless saying, and then Yimmy Garcia, two scoreless sayings before Jordan Romano gives up two runs, one of which was earned as he was taken deep by Vinny Pasquinto, his third home run season. Then for the Royals, Jose Cuas was able to give you four outside the bullpen scoreless. Wyatt Mills, Taylor Clark, Josh Shamont, Scott Barlow, I'll give you a scoreless setting before Joel Piams gives up three runs, two of which were earned without recording a single out as walking it off for the Blue Jays in this one, Teoscar Hernandez. You wind up having the Pittsburgh Pirates get shut out in Coors Field. That's not good. 2-0 to zero the final. The Colorado Rockies get the job done. Going to be very interesting to see where Jose Areña winds up getting priced in his next start. Six scoreless innings, and now he's made three starts for the Colorado Rockies, and he's given up a grand total of three earned runs against the Padres, the Dodgers on the road, and now against the Pittsburgh Pirates. So he's having himself a nice run. 
Daniel Bard, Alex Colomay, Lucas Gilbreth. I'll give you a scoreless setting from there. And for the Colorado Rockies, just do a five with men scoring position as Mitch Keller gives up an unearned run in six innings. I will consider him a tough luck loser. That's a good start out there in Coors. From there, Yeri De Los Santos winds up giving up a run in an inning. And J.C. Young, he winds up giving you a scoreless setting as well. This was a total that in some places got as high as 12. So, let's say that was the easiest under of the day. You did wind up seeing as well a very easy winner from the Cleveland Guardians. They wind up taking down the Detroit Tigers by again a 10 to 0 for the Tigres. Michael Pineda turned into Michael Pineda. Eight runs surrendered in two innings, and he wanted giving up two home runs along the way. Both to Jose Ramirez, 18th and 19th home runs of the season. From there, you do end up having Josh Naylor get his 13th home run season as he winds up going deep off of Anel de Asus as he winds up giving up that home run. Two runs in total over the course of one and two-thirds innings. From there, the bullpen was able to do their part. Jason Foley and Joey Menace both give you a scoreless setting. Will Vest gives you far outside the bullpen. And position player Harold Castro was able to give you a scoreless setting. And, well, there was nothing doing from the position players in terms of the bats. For the Detroit Tigers, as Cal Quantrill. Six scoreless innings. Nick Sandlin, James Karinchek were both able to give you a scoreless setting. And then Tanner Dully was also able to give you a scoreless setting. The Philadelphia Phillies, they also won by a count of 10 to 0. This one was against the Miami Marlins. As for the Marlins, you wound up having out there Mr. Max Meyer in his MLB debut. He got destroyed, giving up five runs in five and a third innings, including a pair of bombs going deep for the Philadelphia Phillies. You want to get JT Rimuto, his eighth home run of the season, and then Reese Hoskins, his 19th home run of the season. Cody Petit, fresh off the injured list, was not greeted politely. D.D. Gregorius, we go euphorious for his first home run of the season. Then Kyle Schwarber, able to get his 29th home run of the campaign for Petit. Gives up five runs in two innings, including those two bombs. Zach Pop is able to give you a scoreless saying Richard Blyer. Pair of outs out of the bullpen and Rangers, what has his first start off the, the injured list. Five scoreless settings, Andrew Bellotti, Connor Brogdon, Nick Nelson, Jojo Romero, all able to give you a scoreless setting from there. Another shutout, the Houston Astros. They wind up being able to take down the Oakland A's by a count of 5-0. This one, a little bit less shocking. You had Justin Verlander out there on the mound, and he looked amazing. He did give up six hits, but ton punch-outs, no run surrendered. Phil Maiden, Nectar Neres, Brian Ray, part of the Astros team that has the best bullpen area out there in the big leagues. They hold them scoreless, and Martin Maldonado all of a sudden is getting out with the bat. His ninth home run of the season, and he's got a trio of bombs over the last two weeks. He winds up going deep off of Jared Koenig, Luana giving up five runs over the course of seven innings. Kirby Sneed, he winds up giving a scoreless setting. He just had to wear it in this one. Mr. Koenig did as the Oakland A's provided no offense whatsoever. The Baltimore Orioles provided some offense, so as for the Tampa Bay Rays, they wind up losing 11 innings by a count of 6-4 of to the Orioles, who have now won 11 out of their last 12 games. Adelie Rushman, he had a big home run in this one off of Jason Adam, his fifth home run season. As for Adam, he winds up allowing that's a home run in his inning of work. Ryan Yarbrough, an actually solid serve from him. Two runs given up in five and a third innings. Matt Weisler winds up giving you five outs out of the bullpen. Scoreless, Ryan Thompson, Colin Pooch, they both give you a scoreless inning. And Luke Bard in the 11th inning gives up two runs, both of which were earned and for the Tampa Bay Rays, they went 2 of 15 with men in scoring position, which really costed them as Dean Kramer, not a great start here, gives up three runs over the course of four innings, including a home run going deep for the Tampa Bay Rays. Randy Orozarena is 11th home run in season, but them from there, Austin Voth, he wound up serving as a long guy, two and a third inning scores, still in Tate, gives you a pair of outs out of the bullpen, but Ore Lopez gives up an unearned run over the course of his two innings of work in extras. Joey Creeble, CNL Perez, they piecemeal the 11th inning, being able to go scoreless. Saren Keegan Aiken also able to give you a scoreless inning. Had a, another game wind up going to extra innings out there in Texas as the Rangers. They fall to the Seattle Mariners as it's now 13 straight wins for Seattle. 3-2 to two the final as 
for Seattle. I believe that they've given up three runs or fewer in all but three of their games in the streak and four runs or fewer in all but two. They have been very good with their pitching as Carlos Santana was able to get his eighth home run season. He goes deep off of Spencer Howardu. Actually lent a decent start, giving up that home run, two runs in total over the course of five innings. From there, Matt Bush, Matt, give me some more, and Jonathan Hernandez. I'll give you a scoreless inning, and then Brett Martin, he comes in to pitch the ninth and the tenth inning, gives up an earned run in the tenth inning, and then for the Seattle Mariners, how about what you were able to get out of this bullpen? Logan Gilbert, solid start, only wound up going five innings, so giving up one run along the way. Eric Swanson, he gives up a run in his inning of work, but Andres Munoz, Paul Sewell, Diego Castillo, I'll give you a scoreless inning, and then Matthew Festa, able to close things out. He winds up going through the tenth inning, scoreless. San Francisco Giants wind up being able to pull it out against the Milwaukee Brewers by a count of 2-1. to one. They wound up being an impactful buck call in this one that wound up not necessarily helping out the Milwaukee Brewers. And with the Brewers, one thing that did wind up helping them out, Eric Lauer was able to give a relatively good start in this one as Lauer winds up being able to go seven strong innings, giving up one home run. That's a home run. Winds up coming off the bat of Darren Ruff. Ninth home run season from there, Yandel Gustave winds up allowing an inherited runner to score as Brent Suter gives up that run in two-thirds of an inning for the Brewers. 0-5 with men in scoring position as it was a very solid start here from Alex Cobb. One unearned run surrendered over the course of seven and a third innings. John Brebbia gives you a pair of outs out of the bullpen and then Dominique Leon. Scoreless setting. Able to give the team the save and for the Brewers. Then not necessarily going so well for this bunch in recent days as they have now lost two of three in this series and three out of their last four overall out there in Los Angeles. The Dodgers take down the LA Angels by a count of seven to one. Rough beat if you wind up having the over. It was six to zero in the top of the third inning, and then from there, the scoring wound up dying as the Dodgers they did all of their work via the home run ball. Max Muncie was able to get his ninth home run season. Trey Turner down for what? A pair of home runs off of one Jose Suarez. His 13th and 14th home runs of the season. And Suarez gives up three home runs. Six runs in total over the course of three and two-thirds innings. Elvis Piguero from there winds up giving up a solo home run in his one and a third innings of work. That was to Freddie Freeman. And Julio Arias on the other side gives up just one solo home run over the course of his seven innings of work. Brandon Marsh is able to get his eighth home run season from there for the Dodgers. Phil Pickford and Caleb Ferguson. Both are able to give you a scoreless setting and for the Angels. Bullpen actually wasn't bad. Jose Quijada, Aaron Loop, Art Warren, Andrew Wants. I'll give you a scoreless setting, but damage had been done by Mr. Suarez. Not being able to deliver a very good start. This was an amazing start and finish for the New York Yankees. They take down the Boston Red Sox by a count of 14 to 1 as Matt Carpenter goes yard in this one. He goes deep twice, as a matter of fact. His 12th and 13th home runs of the season. He's averaging a home run every darn near six at bats right now. It is insane. And then Aaron Judge got a pair of bombs as well. 32nd and 33rd home runs of the campaign as two of those home runs allowed by Nick Pavetta who gives up seven runs over the course of four and third innings. You wind up having Darwinson Hernandez give up a solo run in two-thirds innings of work. You wind up having two runs off of a home run given up by Caleb Ort in his inning of work at Akaza Sadamora. He's able to give you a scoreless inning and then Austin Davis. He gives up four runs in a third of an inning and Jake Diekman pair of outside the bullpen lone form of offense for the Boston Red Sox comes in the first inning. Rafael Devers gets his 22nd home run of the campaign off James Tyon who after giving up that home run. He settled down. Six innings, giving up one run, and then Ryan Weber. Three scoreless innings for the Yankees to be able to restore order after on Friday. They left the bases loaded multiple times and could not wind up getting the job done. The Mets, they got the job done twice against the Chicago Cubs. Both games wound up going to extra innings. The first one, that winds up landing 2-1 to one as the Mets, they wound up getting a relatively solid start out of Tywin Walker, giving up four runs over the course of six innings. Seth Lugo, Drew Smith, both give you a scoreless inning. Adam Adovino, two scoreless innings, and then 
Edwin Diaz comes in. He's able to lock it down in the 11th inning as Pete Alonso drives in both runs in this one. He's now got 76 RBI for the season, leading the league as Marcus Stroman. Not a lot of length, but not a bad start. One run surrendered and four and a third innings. From there, you do wind up getting five outs out of the bullpen out of Brandon Hughes. Scoreless inning. Wind up getting one and two-thirds innings. Scoreless out of Rowan Wick as well. Scott Efforts and out of the bullpen and David Robertson. He gives you two scoreless innings before Michael Givens in the 11th inning winds up allowing an under run and then in game two. The Cubs lose by a count of 4-3 to three as Matt Max Scherzer wasn't necessarily overly sharp in this one in terms of the command. Does wind up allowing eight hits in six and a third innings but gave up just two runs and he did punch out 11 from there. Colin Holderman, one and two-thirds innings scoreless. Yuan Lopez gets out of a bases-loaded jam in the 10th inning, gives up one under run over the course of two innings to be able to secure victory. And Eduardo Escobar, big game in this one. He winds up being able to get his 11th home run of the season. That comes off of Drew Smiley. Yeah, Smiley gives up two runs, one of which was earned, including that home run in four and a third innings. Anderson Espinosa, two and two-thirds innings scoreless. Scott Efforts, Stephen Brault, they both give you a scoreless saying before Michael Givens. He has a pitch for the second time on this day. He gives up two hundred runs over the course of two-thirds out of an inning as Daniel Norris, he wanted coming in air before he was able to get in out of the bullpen. So that was less than savory. And for the New York Mets, this has been one of the best teams in one-run games in all of baseballs. They wind up being able to win two on the same day. Now 14-9 and nine in one-run games. That's one of the best records they're going to find out there in the big leagues. And for the Chicago Cubs, 10-18 in these games. So it's not been going their way. They also did not wind up going the way of the Arizona Diamondbacks. They blow a 3-0 lead to the Slam Diego Padres. 4-3. Final in this one as for Arizona. They did have Carson Kelly go deep in this one. Fourth home run season. That comes off of Sean Manay and for Tyler Gilbert. Things were going relatively solid until you end up getting into the sixth inning where he was kept out there too long. He gives up three runs over the course of five innings. And then Noah Ramirez, he allows a home run in his sort of an inning of work going deep for San Diego. That would be Luke Voigt, his 11th home run season from there. For Arizona, you did have Keenan Middleton give you a scoreless inning. Caleb Smith. Kyle Nelson combined for a scoreless signing of Joe Manette Tipley. Pair of outs out of the bullpen for San Diego. Sean Manea gives up that home run. Three runs in total over the course of six innings. But Nabal Christman and Luis Garcia combined for a scoreless inning. Tim L. Taylor Rogers. They both are able to give you a scoreless inning as Rogers able to collect another save. And if you take a look at Major League Baseball right now, we have seen the underdogs begin to struggle a little bit. They were white hot towards the beginning of the month of July and even into a little bit more late June as well. But we have seen them at more around the neighborhood, about 38 39% over the last seven days. But if you're taking a look overall for the season, underdogs, they're hitting in the neighborhood of about 40.5%. You're currently finding them at a mark of 546 and 804 straight up, so that's 40.4% for underdogs according to coverage. And overall for the season, unders having a good season, 668 unders to 617 overs. That is a rate of 52%. Something else I've been highlighting. These home favorites they have not been able to cover the run line as home favorites are hitting at about 59.3% overall, 515 and 353 straight up. But if you're looking at these home favorites, we've seen 168 instances in which they have won by approximately one run. Do not be able to cover the run line. If you're able to look at the last 30 days, it has been a little bit of an underpalooza out there in baseball. 53.5% of games going under the total 206 unders to 179 overs and in the time span. Underdogs hitting at 40 43%, 231, and 174 straight up for favorites. But as I alluded to, last seven days, underdogs, 
They are not having a good time of it, hitting at just 36.8%, 32 and 55 straight up. Meanwhile, the unders in the time span, 44 of them compared to 41 over. So that's what we're seeing in Major League Baseball right now, and that's what we wound up seeing in Major League Baseball on Saturday. Now let's get a little bit of a refresh, talk about what we're all seeing thus far this season, and where to extract some value during the All-Star break. Sort of hiatus, we're going to be doing that with our good friend Ariel Epstein, who does amazing work over there at Yahoo Sports, along with MLB Network. She is joining me next right here on the Baseball Betting Show. It's myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the VC Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every Every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. 
the 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May live on NFL Network ESPN2 and streaming on NFL Plus terms and conditions apply to NFL Plus visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more hello it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking. When we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2 and streaming on NFL Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, yeah, because you got to think, he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on top of that. that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came to my room crying tears. (laughs) I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it? Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And it is great to be joined by our guests as Ariel Epstein does amazing work over there at Yahoo Sportsbook. You have a catch her on MLB Network as well as she does an incredible job because... 
She is known as a prop queen and always lives up to that moniker as she does an incredible job taking a look at strikeout props this time of year. I know that she does a great job with regards to the NFL season as well. And I know that over there at Yahoo Sports, she and Mitty Betts are getting you set for the upcoming NFL season as well. Ariel, one of the best in the business, and you're able to follow her on Twitter at Easy Enough. Ariel Epstein, all together, first and last name. And Ariel, it is great to have you aboard. Thank you. Greg, thanks so much. It's been a while. It has been a while. I think the last time you wound up joining me was in the first month of the season, and we've seen quite a bit as we're coming up on the All-Star break right now, and I know you've been doing a great job in terms of taking a look at strikeout props, just taking a look at the game of baseball in general. What has really been standing out for you thus far this season in terms of the K-Prop market? Because I wound up dabbling into it a little bit with our VSIM pentathlon a little bit earlier this week, and I do think that it's a very interesting market to take a look at because there's so many factors that why is it going into gauging these there are so many factors especially when it comes to lefty righty splits the most intriguing factor is the tampa bay rays the tampa bay rays are a team that they're top five in k rate against right-handed pitchers however when it comes to lefties they're bottom 10 you've got to be careful when facing the tampa bay rays because if you have a southpaw on the mound you likely are going under your K-prop. If you've got a righty on the mound, you're likely going over your K-prop against the Rays. That's one of the most intriguing teams when it comes to strikeout props, Greg, this year. Yeah, it has been. And I've noticed that there have been quite a few teams that with the righty-lefty splits, they've been so demonstrative. Exhibit A is always the Chicago White Sox and that they wind up hitting nearly 40 points better against lefties and righties. Their home run rate nearly doubles. So that has been certainly a big one, but we've been noticing it a little bit more and more. And what I've been noticing as well is that with regards to a lot of these pitchers as well, home and road splits have been something that I've been taking a look at quite a bit. And you've got quite a few pitchers that have been very demonstrative in this regard as well. I'm a fan of the Milwaukee Brewers, and Brandon Woodruff has certainly been one of those guys. Dane Dunning, ever since he wound up getting to Texas, he's been one that I've been taking a look at. You Darvish, if you're looking at a playoff team in the San Diego Padres, him at home, very trustworthy. Him on the road, you probably don't want too much of him in general. And I think that this is something to factor in as well. I don't know if that winds up making a big factor in terms of the way that you wind up gauging some of these props, but certainly on a full game basis, that has been something I've had to take quite a bit of a look at this season. Especially because there are certain pitchers that do pitch better at home than on the road, especially a lot of the Philadelphia Phillies pitchers or the Baltimore Orioles pitchers. Those are different rotations that you definitely have to take a closer look at when they're at home as opposed to the road. I typically look at home road splits after I look at lefty-righty splits. Home road splits come later on because it depends on if I'm on the fringe of a pitcher saying, okay, over or under, because they may have a high K rate or low K rate against righties or lefties. Then I say, okay, there's not a definitive answer there because of lefty-righty splits. Let me look at home versus road. Sometimes there are pitchers that just pitch way better at home than they do on the road, and that's when you start to really key in on those kinds of pitchers. For example, Nestor Cortez, although he didn't hit his over five and a half strikeouts against the Reds on Thursday night, he still went over in majority of his games at home as opposed to on the road. And there were a lot of other pitchers in the MLB, too, that are much better at home, like a Chad Cool of Colorado, whose ERA drops by about two points when he's at home as opposed to on the road. And it goes without saying as well, when you wind up getting a guy that is typically going six plus innings at home, meanwhile, he has a tough time getting through five on the road. That winds up impacting those props quite a bit as well. So such a good point there as Ariel Epstein does a great job over there at MLB Network along with Yahoo Sports. She is joining me on the podcast. And Ariel, I see some of your photos from time to time of you over there at Yankee Stadium. And boy, it has been a great season thus far 
for the Bronx Bombers. But with that said, the one thing that I take a look at with the Yankees is certainly the division, unless we wind up seeing some sort of calamity, they should be able to run and hide with it, even though all these teams are above 500 as we wind up recording this out there in the American League East. They still have that double-digit lead, but what I think is going to be very fascinating moving forward is taking a look at teams that might want to try to be buyers and really try to take down the top two teams out there in the American League because I think that the clear number one is the New York Yankees, the clear number two is the Houston Astros, and everyone else are trying to fight for a shot to be able to knock these teams off in a five- or seven-game series. But I do take a look at both, and I notice some similarities with them, especially in terms of the bullpen. They're number one and number two in terms of bullpen. You're right, both of these teams have done a solid job, even with some of these teams not necessarily having some of the biggest of names being able to step up in that rotation. I really think that a lot of the success, you can take a look at the Yankees and their home runs all you want, but the success for both of these teams really lies in their pitching. The bullpen is going to be a huge key, especially because in the playoffs, just pitching depth in general is always such a key to anybody making a run. That's why the Tampa Bay Rays have had so much success recently. Even if the Tampa Bay Rays were pitchers by committee, they still made it to the World Series or long in the playoffs is because they have pitching that could go deep. It's going to be extremely important for the Yankees to get right what they've gotten wrong in the last couple of weeks, which has been the bullpen blowing a few leads, like the lead against the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, still a sore subject for any Yankees fan. However, I've told many people that there's no value in the American League betting market. If you're going to look to the futures market, go look to the National League. There are teams like San Diego who's going to get back their shortstop and all-star Fernando Tatis Jr. at some point in the second half. There's going to be a team like the Milwaukee Brewers, who I've been high on since the preseason, who has the best closer in the league in Josh Hader. They still have a great reliever in Devin Williams. The Brewers still have a great starting rotation with uh, an outside young candidate this year and reigning champ of last year in Corbin Burns. Same thing goes for San Diego, who has a six-man starting rotation. There is more value in the National League, Greg, right now than there is in the American League because right now the American League with, like you mentioned, the Yankees and the Astros, just seems so top-heavy. Yeah, to your point, as we're recording this at DraftKings, the Astros plus 215 to be able to win the American League pennant. The Yankees are at plus 180. Everyone else is plus 650 or lower. And I honestly think if you're looking at any of these odds to be able to win the World Series, odds to be able to win the pennant, sort of futures with regards to these two teams. And you can even lump in there the Mets and the Dodgers as well. Both of those teams plus 350 or lower at the National League. So you think that it's going to be a little bit chalky for the World Series. I would almost just rather wind up doing a money line rollover with regards to the series once you wind up getting into the postseason because, I mean, at the absolute worst, you wind up coming away with pretty much a value that you've got right now. And if you wind up seeing some sort of a cataclysmic injury, Aaron Judge, John Carlos Stanton, they wind up riding the roller coaster just before the playoffs. They break every bone in your body. You wind up having a little bit of protection in terms of those as well. So, I mean, that's the way that I'd be looking at it in terms of the postseason. If you're looking at any of those favorites, I don't know if you agree or disagree with that, but I just feel like being able to see the matchups itself, being able to have a little bit of wiggle room, be able to shop the line, that gives you a lot more benefit than locking yourself in right now with your money tied up for multiple months in a number that, like you said, doesn't necessarily have a ton of value. Exactly. If you're going to go bet on the Yankees or the Astros right now, you might as well just go find an underdog that you really like tonight because it's the same money line value that you could get tonight or tomorrow night or any night of the week because it's below three to one. You could get an underdog for that same value, Greg, for one night then you would have sitting on that same bet for the next few months. I mean, hey, look no further than the Kansas City Royals, who in game number one of their series against the Toronto Blue Jays, 
they were well north of $3 just all across the board. And certainly we are going to be seeing more and more of those demonstrative numbers moving forward as well as Ariel Epstein does a great job over there at Yahoo Sports and MLB Network is joining me on the podcast. And we know this during the trade deadline, a lot of these bad teams like I wound up picking on the Kansas City Royals there a second ago. The Chicago Cubs certainly being someone from the great state of Wisconsin, it brings me joy that they're probably going to be selling off a whole lot of pieces at the trade deadline as well. But those are teams that you're going to be finding as big giant underdogs. We wound up seeing a few years ago in that just infamous Astros versus Tigers series where the Astros were north of $4 favorites, I think, at every single one of those games in those series. And I do think that it is going to make betting on some of these games a little bit tougher because when you wind up having north of a $4 favorite, that's just not something that you want to be taking a money line on. So you have to find ways to be able to reduce the juice. And I don't know if you've got any recommendations for this. Obviously, you do a great job with regards to strikeout props, but I think that taking a look at things in August into early September, once you wind up getting into the time in which these teams have sold off a lot of their pieces, that can be some of the most difficult times in terms of taking a look at baseball because things wind up getting out of whack with some of these money lines. The money lines go crazy. Anything for the week or two after the All-Star break goes crazy. My favorite part about the All-Star break, Greg, is really just that people can start getting those odds back up for the next week of make the playoff odds. There are always one or two teams that, especially with this new expanded playoff format, where you're going to get four teams in that first round as opposed to just two teams, where you're able to go get those make the playoff odds and be able to magnify that. Um, you can go and find certain teams that, like the Philadelphia Phillies, to make the playoffs. You can go find teams like the Toronto Blue Jays, and maybe those lines aren't so overly juiced. As opposed to betting on these teams that I just can't see certain teams who are more at the bottom tier of their leagues winning out their American League or National League titles. I could see them maybe winning a round early on, at least just making in. That's what makes the All-Star break so enticing, Greg, is that in the futures market, you get way more options. Win totals come back out. They make the playoff odds come back out. You get these options and you have a week to think about it because they're not going to pull them until next Thursday or Friday. And plus in that time span as well, you're going to be able to get a little bit more just through the rumor mill of if a team is going to be buying or selling. No question that first week after the All-Star break, how teams wind up performing there. If you've got a team hovering right around 500 and as we know, there's an expanded playoff this year as well, an extra wild card spot in both leagues. So if you wind up having a team right around 500 go on a little bit of a run, say the Baltimore Orioles, say the Seattle Mariners, they could wind up being buyers. Meanwhile, if they wind up going straight down the toilet bowl, they come out of the all-star break and they throw up an 0-5 clunker in their next two series. Well, then you probably want to be looking to maybe not wind up backing them so much. And I think that that's been something really interesting to take a look at the last few weeks of baseball as well, because I just mentioned those two teams, Mariners and Orioles, two teams that about a month or so ago, we were thinking that it was going to be lost seasons for them. They've really been able to get hot with some of their runs, and it really has been streaky in baseball thus far, because look no further than the National League East. It was looking like the Mets were going to run and hide with that division. The Atlanta Braves over the last 45 days have been the hottest team in baseball. And I take a look at the landscape of things right now in baseball, and obviously teams wind up getting hot, teams wind up getting cold, but taking a look at these teams that they have been riding some big win streaks are going to be teams that I think are going to be very fascinating in general, because I always have the theory of what comes up must come down, but you also have some teams like 
the Mariners and the Orioles that they've got something sustainable in that is a very good bullpen with both of these teams in their recent runs being two of the best in the big leagues in that regard. The Baltimore Orioles are so interesting. They're very similar to the Mariners of last year where the Orioles are good at home and not as much on the road. I don't back the Orioles ever when they're on the road, Greg, because they have a bottom 10 team ERA when they're on the road. However, the Orioles at home this year have had a top 10 team ERA a lot of that could do with the left field wall getting moved back, and there's a lot of issues with the way that the dimensions of Camden Yards change because of that left field wall. However, whatever it is, the pitching in Baltimore has been way better. I mean, it's not even like a, it's not even like a, the Orioles are 10th in ERA at home and 15th in ERA on the road. This is such a difference that the Orioles are top 10 in home games and then bottom five, bottom 10 in road games. It's a huge difference. That's why the Orioles are like the Mariners of last year because the Mariners last year at plus one and a half as a home underdog was a great bet on the run line, the same way the Orioles are this year. Whenever you see that there's a team that's really good on the run line at plus one and a half as a home underdog, it usually has to do with their bullpen being really successful at home. And that's exactly what happened last year in Seattle. And that's exactly what's happening this year in Baltimore. And to your point, Exhibit A, Mr. Jordan Lyles, who thus far this season for Baltimore has thrown a little bit more than 100 innings. He's thrown 43 innings at home, 62 innings on the road. He's given up 13 home runs this season. All 13 of Wanda coming on the road. So, I mean, that speaks right to your point right there. And I did feel like evaluating the Orioles this year was going to be a little bit different because to your point, you wound up seeing that wall wind up getting moved back a little bit. But I think we are seeing just how stark that has been thus far this season with a lot of pitchers that were terrible at home last season being tremendous at home this season. So I'm so glad that you bring that up. And Ariel, you're doing an absolutely amazing job day in and day out, taking a look at the betting board in the MLB for both the Iowa sports, along with your work over there on MLB Network. I know that you wound up changing your picture to you on Stadium Swim, that big giant TV. That's just an absolutely awesome image. And you do a great job on that show every Monday through Friday. And then on top of that, I know that Yahoo Sports, along with your strikeout props, you also do a nice job taking a look forward for the NFL season as well, because before we know it, that is going to be in full swing. So let the good people at home know it's all on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Definitely follow along at Yahoo Sportsbook on Twitter, in addition to sports.yahoo.com or download the Yahoo Sports app. I'm also on Ariel Epstein on Twitter and Ariel Epstein on Instagram. Pre-game spread on MLB Network, 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern time, Monday through Friday on MLB Network. We're not going to be back until Friday after the All-Star break, but then after that, full swing ahead. Yep, these are the next few days during the All-Star break. Some of the lone ones that many of us out in the sports betting sphere wind up getting off. So it is going to be nice to be able to take a little bit of a break, be able to recharge, but take a look at the board, get set for the second half because it is going to be a big one. It is going to be a very exciting one. I know that Ariel is going to be following the MLB every step of the way as she does an amazing job with Matt Vaskirgen on the pregame spread and Always does a great job whenever she joins me on this podcast as well. So big thanks to Ariel for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time in the podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Sunday as we touch them all. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah I, yeah because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard he don't care about guarding he's gonna guard he's gonna exactly. guard like you see him in the olympics exactly. he's gonna guard and then on I'm top of that like that see that Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now wherever you listen. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. 
I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Eason Family of Podcasts. Great to be able to get the prop queen herself, Ariel Epstein, on. She does a great job. Over there at Yahoo Sports all year round, taking a look at the MLB, getting set for the NFL season during basketball season. 
does a great job with their player props. And then the pregame spread over there on MOB Network. She is one of the best in the business and really was lucky the last few days to have some of the best women in the industry on. Annie Sabo does a great job over there with the Cincinnati Reds pre and post game work. And Minty Betts joined me a little bit earlier on in the week slash last week. And today, Ariel was on. So very awesome to be able to have those three great women on and great to be able to get Ariel on the podcast today. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Sunday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GUNet underscore 81. We're going to be going in Las Vegas rotation, or this is where we wind up going with the National League games first, then the American League games, and any interleague games. Those are going to be at the bottom. That'll keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy there. We do have a couple TBDs, so Likely going to see a few flipper with these, and I'll get those noted on the spreadsheet as I'm actually heading for Hawaii in the morning. So I'll probably be updating these in an airport in San Jose. So that'll be fun as we do begin with 901-902 on the betting board. The Atlanta Braves at throw it face-off against the Washington Nationals. It is to be determined who's going to be going for the Nationals and Spencer Strider is on the bump for the Bravo. So this is one of those games that is off the board. Right now, a lot of places are projecting that Josh Rogers most likely going to be getting the starters. And if we do get Strider versus Rogers, wind up saying the Braves with Strider at a minus 245, willing to lay up to a minus 160 on that run line and eight and a half or less looking over nine or higher to the under with Spencer Strider. He has been absolutely dominated in his last four starts, going at least six innings in three of them, allowing a grand total of two earned runs. And the big issue I had with Spencer Strider towards the beginning of the year was he walks. He has given up just six walks in those last four starts, so he's really been able to rein it in on that front. He is getting over 13 strikeouts per nine innings. He has been an absolute machine. And then if you do wind up getting Josh Rogers, he has been spending quite a bit of time at the minor league level thus far this season, has been someone that has been used both in long relief and a little bit as a starter as well. So it's been up and down with right around a five-ish ERA. He wound up allowing four runs and seven hits across five and a third innings in a minor league rehab stint at AA Harrisburg. So it's not necessarily too great. Someone that is not getting a lot of swings and misses as his strikeouts per nine rate less than four and a half. He's given up six home runs over the course of 26 plus innings thus far this season, and he's not backed up by a great bullpen or Asmo Ramirez. He's posting up north of a 4-5 ERA. I mean, you've been able to have Tyler Clipper come in and be able to give you a couple solid innings, but I mean, Jordan Weems has not been very good for the team. Steve Ciszek, right around a 4-30 ERA. Andres Machado north of a 4 ERA for the Atlanta Braves. Top bullpen ERA in the National League. You now have Tyler Magic back at the fold. A.J. Minter has been solid. Will Smith is not someone that I necessarily trust in too much along with Kenley Jansen, but what you can try Austin is this offense of the Atlanta Braves as it has been an absolutely incredible year for Austin Riley. 27 bombs hitting at 285. He's hitting like a 330 over the last three days. It has been incredible bad Olsen. He's got a home run in. I believe it's now three out of his last four games. He's been able to heat up. Eddie Rosario's had a rough season, but now he's off the injured list. He should be able to pick it up to Ansby Swanson along with Michael Harris, the second. Both of these guys have been able to hit above a 275. And then on the flip side for the Washington Nationals, actually a top 10 team in the big leagues in terms of adding average as Juan Soto. You're able to throw in there Cesar Hernandez, Kibeta Wies, Mikel Franco, owing between about a 235 to 252. And for Soto, 
over the last 30 days has really been able to pick it up. It was a really rough start to the season for him, but he's been hitting 300 over the last 30 days and last 15 days, hitting north of a 405 home run. So that has been big for this team, but you have a Washington Nationals team that also dead last in the National League in terms of home runs on a per-game basis. So they want to make in the Braves minus 160 on the run line in Strider versus Josh Rogers if it's a bullpen game for the Nationals. Going to be something similar and in F or less looking over 9 or higher to the under 903, 904 on the bank where the Philadelphia Phillies to throw it face off against the Miami Marlins as Aaron Supernola is going to be going for the Phillies and Trevor Rogers is going to be on the bump for Miami. Total on this game is 7 over his minus 120. The under is even with the fish. It's anywhere between plus 130 and plus 140 between minus 147 and minus 155. Your price on Philadelphia and with the Phillies, I set them as a minus 155 favorite with Nola. With Aaron Nola throughout his career, he's been a little bit inconsistent home to row, but this year, he has just really put together his best road marks of his career. As typically, he's about 0.75 to 0.8 points higher on his ERA on the road rather than at home. Complete flipper Rooney this year. 415 home ERA, 261 road ERA. He's been a little bit unlucky at home, giving up nine home runs in 56 and a third innings compared to four bombs in 62 innings on the road. But guys really been able to do a great job both at home and on the road. He's getting a little bit over nine and a half strikeouts per nine innings. The accuracy has been pinpoint. He is allowing right around 1.2 to 1.3 walks per nine innings. It has been supreme. And then for Trevor Rogers, he has had his struggles at home. 727 ERA at home. That's a Boeing 727. Meanwhile, 395 on the road. He's given up seven home runs at 34 and two-thirds innings in Miami. And for the Marlins, they don't back him up with too much of a lineup. They have been dealing with some injuries, especially one to Chad Shislam. That one's hurting them a little bit. They do have Ode Soler off the injured list. He has been able to do a solid job of being able to put back to ball with 13 home runs, but has only been able to hit a 212 for this team. You do have Garrett Cooper in right around 290 for this bunch. Joey Wendell, Brian Anderson, these guys have been able to hit above a 260, but you've got Brian De La Cruz, Jacob Sellings, Alon Soler, I mentioned before, hitting a 215 or lower. AC Aguirre is hitting right around 250 with the double digit amount of formers, but not a great offensive for the Philadelphia Phillies. The batting average is out there with Kyle Schwarber, only right around a 210, but more like a 320 on base, 28 home runs this far this season, so he's been able to do a good job of being able to supply the boom. And then you've got Matt Veerling, Didi Gregorius, Derek Hall, Nick Cassianos, Reese Hoskins, JT Riumito, all in between about a 235 to a 255, so a lot of guys in that range. Hoskins has been able to put back to ball with 19 home runs this far this season, and for the Phillies, this bullpen, ever since the managerial change, has been in the top eight in the big leagues. It has been an impressive turnaround for them as Sir Anthony Dominguez, along with Brian Hand, have sub-2-3 ERAs. Corey Knable has been doing a very nice job in that seventh inning role as over the last 30 days, he's posted up a sub-2 ERA. He's been able to get some good innings out of someone like Connor Brogdon, who's dealt with injuries. He's back in the fold for the team. And for the Miami Marlins, the team is in the bottom half of the big leagues in terms of their bullpen ERA. Anthony Bass has been good. A sub-2 ERA out of him. But Richard Flyer, along Dylan Floral, both of these guys, north of a 4 ERA. Cody Poteet is back in the fold for the team. He's able to be a good long guy, so that should be able to help out a little bit. Stephen Okert, sub-3 ERA, but bullpen has been very up and down for the Miami Marlins, and there's just no trusting in Trevor Rogers at home. Now, with regards to the run line of the Philadelphia Phillies, currently you're finding that at a plus 115, I needed at least a plus 111 to be able to take a shot, so I've got relatively similar differentials on the money line as compared to the run line. I would rather take more like a minus 147 to a minus 150 on the money line. Give myself a little bit of insurance there since I do like the over, but I still think it's going to be a lower scoring game. I set my total at 7.8, so I'm going to go over on the 7, and I'm going to play it safe with the money line of the Philadelphia Phillies. 9-5, 9-6 on the betting worthy. So 
Cincinnati Reds. Yes, we are on a Cincinnati. They're under the road face off against the St. Louis Cardinals. Steve Metz is going to be going for the cards and Graham Ashcraft hopes to not be a load of Ashcraft for Cincinnati. This is a game that is presently off the board, but I want to make it my handicap to where the St. Louis Cardinals are a minus 154 favorite. I would need at least a plus 130 on the run line to be able to take a shot there. And then with regards to a total, it is one to where in half or less, I would be taking a look at the over and a nine or higher. I would be taking a look at the under. In normal circumstances, Steven Matz would probably be more like a minus 172 or minus 175, but this is going to be his first start in quite a while. And when it comes to guys coming off the injured list, I do wind up shaking them down, but the good news is he is going up against the Cincinnati Reds. And for the Cincinnati Reds, it's been a little bit rough going for them. And Graham Ashcraft has been able to do a good job of being able to induce ground balls, but feels like he's starting to get lit up a little bit more. Three-plus runs surrendered in three out of his last five starts. At least two runs given up in every one of them. Six-plus hits surrendered in each out of his last five starts as well, with just one of those starts being one where he wound up going more than six innings. The strikeout numbers are just not there. He's gotten five strikeouts in his last Three starts overall for the year, a little bit over five strikeouts for nine innings. Now, to his credit, he only gives up right around two walks for nine innings. And the trepidation that you've got with Steven Matz is that you don't know whether you're going to get really, really good Steven Matz or really, really bad Steven Matz, as he has been a little bit all over the place, looked relatively solid in his rehab appearances. And when he wanted going on the injured list, he was actually performing halfway decent, as in each out of his last three appearances, he wanted giving up three runs of fear, though I will say there's one against the Pittsburgh Pirates to cut very, very short. And they wind up having a 6 ERA thus far this season, including a 641 at home, giving up eight home runs in 37 and a third innings. And this is a St. Louis Cardinals team that they do back him up with a relatively solid bullpen. Genesis Cabrera is someone that's able to give you multiple innings. He's got a sub-3 ERA. Ryan Elsley has been amazing out of the bullpen for this team as well. Whenever Zach Thompson has been out there, he's been able to do a solid job. He's been bouncing around between the majors and the minors. And when it comes to this lineup, they do a good job of being able to back him up as well. Paul Goldschmidt hitting a 330 with a ton of home runs. He has been amazing for this team. But then got a lot of guys that have been able to do a good job of being steady Eddie guys of being able to get on base. As Harrison Bader has been currently injured. Dylan Carlson, Tommy Edmond, you're able to throw in there. Juan Yepes only between about a 254 to a 260. Nolan Gorman, he's been able to about a 249 home runs in about 160 or so at bats. So got a lot of guys doing a solid job there on top of Nolan Arenado sitting at 290, 18 home runs. And then got a gentleman over there with the Cincinnati Reds who's got 18 home runs. That'd be Brandon Dury. He has been incredible, hitting about a 275 for this bunch. Joey Votto, ever since he wound up having his bout with COVID, he's been able to do a solid job of being able to get on base for the team as well. Nick Senzel sitting above a 260. Matt Reynolds has been able to give you some relatively solid at-bats. Tommy Pham, Taylor Naquin out there in the outfield. In between about a 242, 245 before the rest. The bullpen is a big albatross for the team as Alexis Diaz has been able to do a solid job whenever he's been out there, but he is injured once again. That's not so great. Joe Kunal has north of a 5 ERA. Ryan Hendricks is untrustworthy. I will say forever year Sim Martin after he was a complete and utter failure as a starter. They've stuck him in the bullpen and in dead appearances, he's been able to post up a 2 ERA. That's a little bit of something. Jeff Hoffman's been okay, but the Reds had to use up a lot of their bullpen yesterday, so I do think that that's going to put Mr. Graham Ashcraft behind the 8-ball a little bit, so this is a spot where I am going to be willing to lay up to a minus 154 on the money line with the Cardinals in after less looking over 9 or higher to the under 9 of 7, 9 or 8 on the banking board. The New York Reds, they're going to be on the road facing off against the Chicago Cubs. Adrian Sampson is going to be going for the Cubs, and 
You've got David Peterson, great name. He is going to be on the bump for the Mets. You've got no total or run lineup because totals are always set by the wind conditions out there in Wrigley Field. You're not going to be seeing these up until the AM, but we do have a money line on the Mets that is anywhere between minus 145 and a minus 150. If you're taking a look at the Cubbies, you're going to be finding them anywhere between plus 130 and plus 137. And when it comes to this Mets bunch, one to lay up to a minus 156 with them with David Peterson. He's actually been able to come up and do a very solid job for this Mets team thus far this season. He does need to work on the walk. He's given up right in the neighborhood about four walks per nine innings, but home runs per nine rate between one and 1.1. Strikeouts per nine, that is in the neighborhood of 10, and he's been able to do his best work on the road. A 430 home ERA compared to a road ERA. It's hovering right around a 285, and wind is going to be blowing in. It looks like it's going to be blowing in right around 10 miles per hour, give or take a little bit, so that'll be help up up both of these pitchers, help keep the ball in the yard, and for Adrian Sampson, he has been very much a pitcher contact guy. He's able to get right around seven strikeouts per nine innings, but big thing with him, even going back to last year as well, that he wound up spending with the Chicago Cubs has been the command as he has been able to do a very good job not giving up a lot of walks. As a matter of fact, he has given up a grand total of 13 walks over the course of about 63 innings that he's pitched with the Chicago Cubs. So he's been able to do a solid job there. Has given up quite a bit of the deep ball ever since the beginning of last season. He's given up right around 1.6 to 1.7 runs per nine innings. So that is a little bit of an issue. But that said, it certainly has been a case in which he has been able to do a good job of folding down the fourth for a team that has badly needed it because at the Chicago Cubs, the bullpen, it has been having an almighty struggle. You do have Scott Efres, who's been able to do a relatively solid job with this bunch. And Michael Givens, he's been able to do a good job giving you some good innings as well. So you've got a couple of redeeming qualities there, but now you're looking to Stephen Brault to be able to give you some good innings along with Anderson, Espinosa, and those are guys that... I mean, we're going to call it what it is. You probably don't want to be messing too much with them. And then you take a look at this Cubs lineup, and you got guys that are able to get on base for you. Ian Happ, the all-star, he's been able to give you right around a 370 on base. Wilson Contreras, he's been able to supply a double-digit amount of homers. He's been able to deliver right around a 365-ish on base. Patrick Wisdom, he has went deep 17 times thus far this season, but with Mr. Wisdom, his wisdom has been in strikeouts as he's on pace for well over 200 of them, but as I said, you also have P.J. Higgins, Christopher Morrell, C.A. Suzuki, all these guys hanging between about a 260 to a 270. Rafael Ortega has been able to get on base as well for the Mets. This is one of the best teams at being able to get on base as well as you've got Pete Alonso, Brandon Nimmo, Mark Canna, all hitting between about a 265 to a 275, and for Alonso, he has been amazing at being able to drive guys in. 76 RBI, that leads the league, 24 home runs, and then you got Luis Galorme along Jeff McNeil, both hitting above a 290 for this bunch now. Bottom of the lineup, guys like Dom Smith, the catcher's spot with guys like Thomas Nito, Travis Jankowski and company. These guys have been a little bit rough. And for the Mets, been a little bit up and down with the bullpen, but they're in the top half of the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA. With Edwin Diaz being able to do a great job in the closer spot for the team. Drew Smith has been able to do a nice job as well. Now, you do have a little bit of something to be desired. Someone like Julie Rodriguez has not necessarily been so tremendous for the team. Adam Montevino has been able to give you some relatively solid innings. And both of these bullpens are going to be quite taxed because not only did you wind up having a doubleheader yesterday between these two teams, but you wind up having game number one wind up going 11 innings as well. So Adam Montevino, if he does wind up coming back out, he and Seth Lugo, they wind up throwing 24 pitches yesterday. So they're going to be a little bit spent. And for the Cubs, I mean, it was all hands on deck for them after Marcus Stroman only wound up being able to give them four and a third inning. So you certainly do have a pair of teams that are going to be quite spent with regards to the bullpen. So that leads to a little bit more default with these starting pitchers. I do think that both of these guys 
guys are going to be able to lend some relatively solid length with the wind blowing in. I did wind up saying my total at 7.6, so a 7.5 for less looking over, 8 or higher to the under, and when it comes to the Mets, want to make them a minus 156 favorite, so I'm going to be looking at them on the money line if I'm able to get a favorable run line price when it's all said and done. Willing to explore that, but currently with only the money line up, I'd be looking at the Mets and right now patiently waiting to see what we wind up getting in terms of this total. 909-910 on the bang board. The Colorado Rockies are going to be playing us to the Pittsburgh Pirates. It's looking like we're going to be getting Austin Gomber, who's going to be going for the Colorado Rockies. They were thinking it might be Antonio Sensatella, but it appears as though Sensatella not going to be good to go in this game. So we are going to be getting Gomber. And right now for the Pirates, it is to be determined. Fangrass was projecting this as Bryce Wilson, but if we do wind up getting Mr. Gomber going up against Bryce Wilson, this would be a game in which I'd be setting the Rockies right around about a minus 149 to a minus 150-ish favorite. So I would need at least a plus 150 to be able to take a shot on the Pirates. And we wound up seeing a very low-scoring game yesterday. I've got my total at 12.3 to where a 12 or less, looking at an over 12 and a half higher to the under. Now, for the Pittsburgh Pirates, their bullpen is going to be relatively rested as you did have Chase Young and Yuri De Los Santos wind up throwing an inning yesterday, but by and large, well, these guys, like David Benar, are going to be able to go in this game. You've been able to get some solid innings out of Tyler Beattie as a long guy, and if you do wind up getting Bryce Wilson, it has been a relatively rough year for him that it features him posting up an ERA that is north of six, and just has never necessarily been a strikeout guy. It's his strikeouts per nine inning rate that is hovering right in the neighborhood about a 6.8, and that's above average from and I mean, despite the fact that he is someone that very much is a pitcher contact guy, is giving up over three walks per nine innings. So, got your issues there, though. We don't know for sure if it's going to be him or not at the time of this podcast. And when it comes to what you're going to be able to get out of Austin Gomber, it has been a brutal year for him as he's got a 6.11 ERA. He's got a home ERA that is in the neighborhood of about a 6, and his road ERA more like a 6.28. And the big thing for Gomber has been the deep ball. He has given up a little bit over 1.5 home runs per 9 innings. Opponents overall, they're hitting in the neighborhood about a 290 off of him as well. Walks aren't bad, right around 2.6 walks per 9 innings. He's been getting legitimately a little bit unlucky, but he only also winds up getting 6 half strikeouts per 9 innings. But with this Colorado Rockies team, they've got some of the demonstrative home and road splits that you come to expect with them as they're earning about 40 points higher at home rather than on the road. And on top of that, for the Colorado Rockies, they get right around 1.2 home runs per game at home, more like a half a home run per game on the road. Look no further than C.J. Crone. He's got 21 home runs thus far this season. He's had 16 of those at home. Brandon Rogers, 9 home runs this year. All nine of them have come at home. Someone like Randall Kritchick is hitting below the Mendoza line of 200 on the road at home. More like a 285. You do have Chris Bryant back in the fold. That's big for them. Charlie Blackman, he has been able to do some amazing work for the Colorado Rockies team as well. He's been able to go deep 14 times thus far this season. And his home batting average, that over's right in the neighborhood about a 310. More like a 240 on the road as well. And then for the Pittsburgh Pirates, you do have quite a few guys that have been able to put back to ball ever since Father's Day. We've got a trio of guys, Brian Reynolds, Michael Perez, and Jack Swazinski that all have a three-home run game. But Reynolds... He is currently on the injured list, so got a lot of less than trustworthy bats out there for this team. Diego Castillo, Cal Mitchell, Tyler Heineman, they're in their Yoshi Satsuko, Onyo, Cruz, Josh Van Meter, all these guys are hitting a 215 or lower. Now, Kevin Newman has been able to get on base. He, Cabrian A's, Ben Gamble, all in between about a 249 to 256, but you don't necessarily have 
guys that have consistently been able to put back the ball currently in this lineup, so that is going to be a little bit of an issue for this Pittsburgh Pirates team, and for the Pirates, they are a team that has gotten all but seven out of their wins out of their bullpen, but that said, they also have a bullpen ERA that is in the bottom half of the big leagues. As a matter of fact, it is in the bottom eight of the big leagues. So, in Gomber versus Wilson, set the Rockies at a minus 149 in terms of how big of a favorite I made them, 12 or less, looking at an over 12 and a half or higher to the under. We go 9-11, 9-12 on the bang board. It is the Milwaukee Brewers. They hit the road to face off against the San Francisco Giants. Logan Webb is going to be going for the Giants and Jason Alexander is going to be on the bump for Milwaukee. This total is 8 with the over anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. The under is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110 for the Giants. You're going to be getting them between minus 160 and minus 165. Anywhere between plus 140 and plus 150 is your price on Milwaukee. I want to make in the Giants minus 194 here. For one, this Brewers bullpen is starting to go to mush a little bit. You've been able to get some actually relatively solid innings out of Hobie Milner, though. He has been getting used a lot recently. Devin Williams, he's been great, but you got to bring up what's happened with Josh Hader as after 40 straight appearances without an earned run ever since then, going into yesterday in his last 12 and a third innings, 15 runs allowed, including three bombs on Friday. No longer is he the ninth inning weapon that you can... Certainly rely upon him for Jason Alexander. Very much a pitcher contact guy. Now, the good news is being out there in San Francisco, it's a little bit more of a pitcher-friendly ballpark. But for Alexander, I am stunned that his ERA is not higher than it is. His walks per nine rate is in the neighborhood of four. He winds up getting less than four and a half strikeouts per nine innings. One starting at 314 off of him. Yet he's got a 473 ERA. So I do think that he could be in for a rude awakening. And for Logan Webb, the team has been absolutely masterful when he's been at home. The Giants, as a matter of fact, 18-2 and two in his last 20 pitching appearances at home. He's got a 237 home area with no home runs allowed in 60 and two-thirds innings. So I think that there might be a little bit of negative regression on that front. But for Webb, the command has been pinpoint. He's been giving up right around 2.2 to 2.3 walks per nine innings. And this is a Milwaukee Brewers lineup that just don't have a lot of guys that are able to consistently get on base for the see Mark Brasso is really the only guy that has been able to give you more than 70 at-bats this far this season that is hitting above a 260. Now, you got a lot of guys in that fold of, I will call it, a 242. We're going to call it a 258. Andrew McCutcheon, Omar Nervais, Hunter Renfro, Jonathan Davis, Christian Yelich. So that has been solid. And then you got Roddy Tellez along with Willie Adamas. We had a combined 35 home runs entering into Saturday. And then flip side for the San Francisco Giants. You've really only got two guys to be able to give you a double digit amount of homers. Wilmer Flores and Jock Peterson. Now, Jock Peterson has been incredible for the team as he, along with Flores, who are on their Thario Strata, they're all in between about a 250 to 260. And Luis Gonzalez, he's been with about a 285 for the team. Yumri Mercedes, very small sample size, but he and Austin Slater are sort of in that fold as well. Slater hitting closer to a 300, but Brandon Bell, Darren Ruff, throwing their Dom VR. These guys have not been able to do a great job of being able to get on base. It's been a little bit touch and go with Evan Longoria and Tommy LaSalle with their injuries. And this is a Giants bullpen that has seen a big fall from last season. Last year, they were the only bullpen with a sub-3 ERA in the big leagues thus far this season. Got a lot of guys that they've just seen quite a bit of regression. Mauricio Lovera is north of a 4 ERA. Tyler Rogers, to his credit, he's got an ERA that has improved throughout the season, but he got lit up a little bit earlier in this series. He's got north of a 4-5 ERA as well. Junior Marte has posted up a 5 ERA. You do have John Brebbia, Jarlon Garcia, 
who have been able to do a very solid job out there in the bullpen for the team. Sammy Long ends right around a 3 ERA, but I do have a lot of faith here in Logan Webb being able to provide a very solid start. And for Jason Alexander, I think that this is a spot in which he winds up getting lit up with the Giants. I wound up saying them more around a minus 190 on the money line. I think that this is a big-time pitching mismatch, and the San Francisco Giants able to get them anywhere between plus 120 and plus 125 on the run line. I would personally rather have a run line rather than the money line. I think that Alexander winds up getting lit up. I did wind up saying this total at a 7.4, but that's merely because I just don't think that the Brewers are going to be able to get anything generated whatsoever off of Logan Webb. So, looking at the Giants on the run line in the spot, getting a plus price, and I'm going to be taking a look at this total under. 9.13, 9.14 on the main board. The Arizona and Diamondbacks hit the red face off against the San Diego Padres as Mike Clevenger is going to be going for the pods, and Merrill Kelly is going to be on the bump for Arizona. Arizona is anywhere between plus 135 and plus 140 underdogs. Meanwhile, for Slam Diego, it's anywhere between minus 148 and minus 155. 7.5 is your total. The under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. The over is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. When it comes to the Padres, set them as a minus 172 favorite. So, looking to ride with them. If you're looking at a Padres run line, you're finding it at a plus 140. I was willing to take anything north of a plus 120, so I'm seeing a nice differential on both fronts, and I do think that I'm going to be winding up going with the run line of the San Diego Padres. I do recognize that in terms of National League teams entering into Saturday, they were generating the fewest runs per game at home, but you do have Manny Machado currently in the fold for the team who has been incredible. 15 home runs, hitting above a thrower. You do have guys that have been relatively steady at being able to get on base for the team as well as you've been able to have some good at-bats out of guys like Jerickson Profar, Jake Cronenworth, and Awesome Kim, all these guys in between about a 242 245. Luke Voigt has been able to give the team a double-digit amount of homers, so you expect a little bit more out of him. Eric Cosmer, along with Jorge Alfaro, they're both hitting in the pocket about a 275, so been able to get some production on that front. And for the Arizona the Diamondbacks, while well, the team has been able to average right around a home run and a half per game when they are on the road, they have been dealing with a few injuries. Dalton Varsho has been in and out of the fold as he and Jordan Luplo combined 23 home runs thus far this season. And just take a look at the lineup that they wound up trying out there on Saturday. Two guys in that starting lineup that are currently hitting a 250 or greater as you have been able to get a little bit of production recently out of Jake McCarthy, Ian Alec Thomas in between a 240 and a 249, but you've got Geraldo Perdomo, Buddy Kennedy, Carson Kelly, Christian Walker, all in below a 215, though I will say for Walker, 22 home runs, but hard to have a lot of faith in this Arizona Diamondbacks bullpen. Joe Bennett typically has been relatively solid. He's posting up right around a 24 in regards to his ERA. Kyle Nelson, he's been able to do a nice job holding down the fort as well, but Noe Ramirez, he's got an ERA that hovers right around 5. Caleb Smith, he himself right around a 4.85 ERA, and for the San Diego Padres, so Taylor Rogers does have a 4 ERA. He's been able to do a good job, 20-plus saves thus far this season. About Crisman has been reliable as a long-relief guy, posting up a 2.75 ERA. Luis Garcia has been able to do a solid job. I'll be able to give the team some saves as well, and then you take a look at Merrill Kelly, and he has been always better at home rather than on the road. His home and road splits are a little bit more equal this season as typically for his career, it's right around 1.3 points lower with his ERA at home rather than on the road. 340 road ERA, 334 home ERA thus far this season. And overall, has given up just six home runs in 104 and a third inning. So he's really kept the ball in the yard, but a guy that only gives you in the neighborhood about 7.1 strikeouts for nine innings. And then for Mike Clevenger, he's been stretched out to be able to give the team six plus innings. He's got a 440 key home ERA to a 346 
road ERA, but that said, he's already made a few starts against Arizona, and in his two starts against Arizona, one run allowed over the course of 10 innings, so he's been highly effective against them. He has went north of five innings in each out of his last three starts. Now, he did wind up getting lit up a little bit in his last two starts against Seattle and Colorado, but the Colorado start that's on the road when you wind up going to Coors Field, that causes for some wonkiness, and he is getting nine strikeouts per nine innings. So I do think the Clevenger going to be able to down to a solid job here with the San Diego Padres. So I do think that the Diamondbacks still going to get a few runs of their own. Did wind up setting my total at 7.8, so I'm going to be looking at the over and getting a plus price with the San Diego Padres. I think that they get into that. Diamondbacks bullpen and really like them up. So looking at the run line of the Padres, and I'm going to be taking a look at this total over. 9.15, 9.16 on the bank board. The Kansas City Royals hit the road face off against the Toronto Blue Jays. Jose Barrios is going to be going for the Jays, and Chris with the K Boobich is on the bump for the Royals, who find themselves by far the biggest underdog out there on the board. Any more team, plus 265 and plus 270 is your price on Kansas City. Meanwhile, anywhere between minus $3 and minus 320 is what you're lying on Toronto. Nine is your total. The over is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. The under is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. And with the run line, you're currently finding that anywhere between about a minus 152 to a minus 160 with the Blue Jays. Osborne will go up to a minus 165 on the run line, and I need north of $3 to be able to take a shot on the Kansas City Royals with Chris with the K. Bubich. He's actually got relatively okay stuff, but he's already failed to make it out of the first inning twice as far this season. 663 RA. He's been getting completely lit up, giving up right around 1.6 home runs per nine innings, and on top of that, he's got no bullpen behind him, and he's been giving up north of five walks per nine innings. It's actually been a little bit better on the road with a 592 Road ERA compared to right around a 7.20 ERA at home, but for Chris with the K Bubich, opponents are getting a 3.05 off of them. And when you've got Josh Shame out on the injured list, that winds up putting this team seriously behind the eight ball for the Kansas City Royals. They had to go to extra innings yesterday with Daniel Lynch only being able to go three and two thirds innings. That means that darn near everyone is going to be called upon to be able to deliver some innings towards back half of this series, and that's not necessarily too terrific because they did wind up using up guys like Stame out. Wyatt Mills, Jose Cuas yesterday, so you're not going to have a lot of trustworthy guys available, though you do have Amir Garrett. He's got north of a 60 area, and then just take a look at this Kansas City Royals lineup, and it's pretty deplorable. You've got Bobby Wood Jr. has been able to give this team a double-digit amount of formers, and batting average is all the way up to a 255. You give him a lot of credit, but I mean, the only other guys that are hitting above a 240 currently in the starting lineup is someone that has seen fewer than 20 at-bats in Michael Massey, so Give him credit for a good small sample size and at all bears. He's actually been relatively soft for the team. I don't understand why they haven't been giving him more at-bats. I recognize that he's been a little bit banged up, but I've always liked Ed Olivares. He's hitting right around 300, but you really don't have a lot of power in terms of this team. And then for the Toronto Blue Jays, you've got Blagger, Junior, George Springer, and Boba Shett. All guys have been able to give you a double-digit amount of homers. All guys are in between about a 252-268 Guerrero. He's been able to go deep 20 times thus far this season to Oscar Hernandez. He wound up having a very cold start to the season, but you take a look at the way that he's been able to shape up. He's been hitting Tornier 300 over the last 30 days, so he has been solid. Santiago Espino, he's hitting at 275 for the team. Lourdes Gurriel has been able to get on Mason for the Blue Jays. Not going to say that this is necessarily a great bullpen of their own and Max Castillo. He was only able to give the team three innings, so Jordan Romano wound up having to throw quite a few pitches yesterday along with Yimi Garcia, Tim Mesa, D- David Phelps, all these guys who wind up having sub-3-5 ERAs. That is an issue. Trevor Richards has not necessarily been too terrific for this bunch thus far this season, but I do think that Jose Barrios, 
Even though he has had a rough start to the season, he's going to be able to pick it up. And the big thing for Berrios is that he's always been so much better at home rather than on the road. He wound up showing this in Minnesota. It's been the same when he's been in Toronto. 340 home ERA, 715 ERA on the road. He's given up six home runs and 45 innings at home, so right around 1.2 home runs per nine innings on the road. That winds up doubling to right around 2.4 home runs per nine innings. And the command has been there for Berrios. He's given up right around 2.2 walks. Per nine innings, so I do think that with Jose Barrios being at home, you do have a good edge here with the Blue Jays, and I'm willing to lay this run line with the Blue Jays. I think that they're going to be rather hungry after it's been a relatively competitive series, even though the Kansas City Royals wound up losing yesterday. They were able to cover the run line. They wound up taking the first game outright in this series, but I do think that this is a time which the Blue Jays rise up. They restore order, so I'm going to be taking a look at them on the run line. They wind up setting my total at 8.6. I think that the Blue Jays can easily get six runs on the Kansas City Royals, but it's just a question of can the Kansas City Royals do their part, get two plus against the Toronto Blue Jays. I think that that is a big giant mystery. So I'm going to be taking a look at the under to go along with this Jays run line. 917-918 on the banging board, the New York Yankees. They're going to be playing us to the Boston Red Sox. As Chris Sale is going to be going for the Sox, and Garrett Cole is going to be on the bump for the Yankees. Currently only seeing a number of DraftKings, and DraftKings posted this with the Yankees at a minus 195, plus 165 on Boston, and a total of eight. With the 8, the under I juice of minus 115, and the over is minus 105. And you present those numbers to me, and I'd be willing to take the Red Sox on a plus price. Anything of a plus 160 or greater would be taking a look at Boston. Now with Chris Sale, certainly has been a case in which he has not been able to see a lot of just playing time in general. Last few seasons has been dealing with a lot of injury, but his first start against the Tampa Bay Rays, he looked very solid. Just one walk in five innings. Five strikeouts. Is it vintage Chris Sale? No, but he looks closer to himself than he did at any point last season, and that's a good sign for the Boston Red Sox. Meanwhile, for Garrett Cole, he's one of the more overvalued pitchers out there in baseball. Now, I do recognize that Cole recently has been very good. Two runs or fewer surrendered in four out of his last five starts, but he only seems to throw in there like one big giant clunker a month, and he has given up seven walks over the course of his last three starts as well. Has a little bit of an issue swinging his stuff. It is certainly there for Garrett Cole as he has been able to deliver right around 11.8 strikeouts per nine innings. He also has given up right around 1.4 home runs per nine innings as well, though. And when he's been at home, he's been at his best. 203 home ERA compared to a 425 ERA on the road. But all of a sudden, this is a Yankees bullpen that has been a little bit more teeter-totterish. He had to figure that you were going to see a little bit of regression from someone like a Clay Holmes who still has a sub-2 ERA but wanted getting lit up in that series against the Cincinnati Reds. You've been able to have Wandy Peralta be able to perform well all season long. And Lucas Lutke, how about what he's been able to do the last few appearances? Not necessarily been as amazing for him, but still. 2-3 ERA over the last three days. He's been able to shape up as well. But for the Boston Red Sox, John Schreiber has been amazing for this team. A sub-2 ERA. You've been able to get some good innings out of Jake Diekman and Akazusada Mota. It's posting up a sub-3 ERA. Ryan Brazier wound up having an absolutely horrible start to the season. He's been able to really pick it up ever since he wanted coming off the injured list. He has been able to provide right around about a 3 ERA. So that's been very encouraging for this bunch of Tanner. Houck has been able to do a good job late in games as well. And then for the Boston Red Sox, you've got a whole bunch of guys that we got on base. Really, only Rafael Devers has been able to give this team a double-digit amount of homers. But he, Xander Bogarts, Rob Revsider, J.D. Martinez, Jaron Duran, all these guys hitting at least a 273, and Christian Vasquez is hitting a 280 as well, and really everyone other than Duran and Vasquez hitting above a 300 for this bunch as well. Now, you could use a little bit more out of guys like a Jackie Bradley Jr., Jeter Downs, and company, but for the Red Sox, the lineup is there for them, and for the New York Yankees, 
I mean, you've got Anthony Rizzo and John Carlos Sand with a combined 46 home runs thus far this season, and Aaron Judge with 31. And then with Judge, DJ Turnit up, LeMayu, Isaiah Kinnair, Falefa, all these guys. I mean, between about a 272, 275, Jose Trevino, he's been able to about a 250. Even the much maligned Aaron Hicks has had some good performance for the team of Matt Carpenter. Entering into Saturday, a home run every six half at bats. It has been absolutely amazing to watch him be able to work. But, I mean, if you're going to give me plus 165 with Chris Sale, I don't care if it's the Yankees with Garrett Cole going. That is a number that I'm going to be willing to take. And I do mind saying this total at an 8.1. The Yankees have just all sorts of firepower in terms of their offense. The Boston Red Sox have all sorts of firepower in terms of their offense. And you've got a pair of bullpens that have been used up quite a bit thanks to that extra inning game that we wound up seeing earlier in the series. So, looking at the over, and I'm going to be taking a look at a plus price with Boston. 919, 920 on the bank board. The Baltimore Orioles have thrown face off against the Tampa Bay Rays as Corey Kaluber is going to be going for the Rays and Jordan Lyles is going to be on the bump for Baltimore. Baltimore find themselves anywhere between plus 135 and plus 140 underdogs. Meanwhile, with Tampa Bay, it is anywhere between minus 150 and minus 155. 7.5 is your total over and under, both at minus 110. And when it comes to the Orioles, needed at least a plus 168. I do feel like the Orioles starting to get a little bit overvalued thanks to the big giant win streak that they wanted going on in for Jordan Lyles. He's had his issues giving up the deep ball on the road. We were talking about this with our good friend Ariel Epstein as for Jordan Lyles, 272 home ERA compared to a 552 ERA on the road. But more glaring than that, he's given up 13 home runs thus far this season. All 13 have on to coming on the road. Now he's throwing a few more innings on the road. 62 on the road compared to 43 at home, but still... That is very, very glaring on the flip side for Corey Kluber. He's been masterful in terms of the command. Someone who has given up right around 1.4 walks per nine innings. His strikeouts per nine rate, that is an eight. He has been giving up a little bit less than home run per nine innings, so he's been able to do a good job there, and he's given up two runs or fewer in four out of his last five starts. Corey Kluber throughout his career has always been able to do a relatively solid job against Baltimore as well. That's not necessarily saying a lot, but he's made three starts against the Orioles thus far this season, 13 and two-thirds innings, giving up four runs, so he's been able to do a nice job there, and with the Tampa Bay Rays, they do back him up with one of the better bullpens that you're going to find out there in the big leagues, and legitimately, both of these teams do have good bullpens, but you do have Jason Adam, Brooks Raley, throwing their column pooch, all delivering good innings, all giving you a sub-3-3 ERA for the Tampa Bay Rays. You've got guys that are able to do a good job of being able to mix a match like a Matt Weisler, and for the Tampa Bay Rays, they are going to be going up against another bullpen that is solid in the Baltimore Orioles. How about what you've been able to get out of all these guys as CNL Perez, Ode Lopez, Felix Batista, Joy Creeble, Keegan Aiken, all a sub-235 ERA. And then when it comes to the lineup of the Orioles, can be a little bit at a risk, but Anthony Sandander has been able to give you 15 home runs as far this season. Trey Boom Boom Mancini has also been able to do a nice job of being able to get on base. He's hitting nearly a 280 for this bunch. Ryan Mountcastle, he's went deep 14 times. He has been able to provide right around a 270-ish in terms of his batting average as well. Even someone like an Ore Mateo, Rudan Odor, both of these guys, and a 200. Odor has had some nice extra base hits. And then you got one of the best base stealers in the big leagues, and Ore Mateo with 22 stolen bases. And then Cedric Mullins, 18 stolen bases, hitting a 265. He hasn't had as good a power numbers this last season, but still has been relatively solid. And for the Tampa Bay Rays, dealing with the injury to Wanda Franco, has wound up hurting the team a little bit by Isaac Paredes. He has been able to give the team eight home runs over the last 30 days now. Has been in a little bit of funk recently, but he has been able to give the team a little bit of a breath of life. On top of that, you've got Yeti Diaz and G-Man Choi, a pair of guys that have north of a 380 on base. Harold Ramirez, he's been able to hit nearly a 330 for this punch. He could use a little bit more power out of Randy Odozarena, but he winds up going deep yesterday. He's hitting a 250. Big thing for the team. 
helping out guys like Rene Pinto, Tyler Walls, Brett Phillips, Josh Lowe, running below the middle line of 200, be able to pick it up just a little bit. But I do think that Corey Kluber, the Klubot, is going to be able to give you a good start here. I did wind up saying my total at an 8.3. Both of these teams have been absolutely masterful in terms of their bullpen, but I do think that both of these teams are starting to get a little bit undervalued with regards to what they're able to provide on offense. I think that Lyles winds up giving up the deep ball a little bit in the start, so I'm going to be taking a look at the overhead with the race. Currently finding the run line right around a plus 135. You do have an Orioles team that has been the best run line team in all baseball. I can't advocate laying minus 155 on getting a run and half on them, though, so I would rather play it safe, rather take a little bit of a bigger money line here with the Rays to go along with this total over 921-922 on the big board. The Detroit Tigers, they're going to be facing off against the Cleveland Guardians, as Shane Bieber Fever is going to be going for Cleveland, and it is good old to be determined for the Detroit Tigers. As last look, it was going to be Bo Brisky who was going to be going for the Detroit Tigers, but this game is off the board, and if we wind up getting Bo Brisky against Shane Bieber Fever, I do want to say the Cleveland Guardians that's a minus 232 favorite, and it's a total in which a 7.5 or less. I'd be looking at an over an 8 or under as for Bieber. He's been able to do a solid job of making folks into believers. Now, he has a 3.6 ERA at home compared to a 3 ERA on the road, but still has relatively solid swinging himself a little bit over 9 strikeouts per 9 innings. He has not been putting too many guys on cheaply right around 2.2 walks per 9 innings. Bieber Fever has been able to do a relatively solid job in his last few starts as well over his last five starts. Right around a 3-7-ish ERA, giving up two home runs over the course of 34 innings. has been a little bit unlucky on the balls put in play, but being able to go against the Detroit Tigers, that is always a good elixir to any sort of issues that you wind up having. As you see, the Tigers wound up scoring as many runs as myself, and they're averaging right around 2.65 runs per game on the road, as it has just been terrible for so many of the guys on the team. It's Robbie Grossman, Jameer Candelario, Jonathan Scope, Spencer Torkelson, Javi Baez, Akil Badu, Cody Clemens, you're able to throw in there Tucker Barnhart. All these guys are currently hitting a 213 or lower for this bunch. Now, Riley Green has been able to hit north of a 250. He's been able to give you a couple home runs ever since he wanted getting called up to the big leagues, but it's not been great there. And for the Cleveland Guardians, this team's averaging right around 0.6 home runs per game at home. That is said last out there in the big leagues, but you do have Jose Ramirez, who's got 19 home runs. He's been able to be one of the best RBI guy in all of baseball as he's now got 75. And you take a look at what he, along with Amid Rosario, throwing their honorary Jimenez, are all doing. They're all leaning north of a 280 for this team. And then on top of that, you've got Josh Naylor, Stephen Kwan, in between about a 270 to 280. Guys at the bottom of the fold, like Framo Reyes, Ernie Clement, and company, they do need to pick it up just a little bit. Miles Straw has only been able to ride around a 215 for the team. And for the Tigers, the good redeeming quality for the team. The bullpen. Alex Lang has been able to do a lights-out job for this team. They have been dealing with a little bit of an injury to Willie Peralta, but Michael Former has found a home in the bullpen, posting up a sub-2-5 ERA. Whenever Drew Carlton has been out there, he's been able to do a relatively solid job as well. You're able to go on down the line, even someone like a Joe Amenez has been able to provide right around about a 3-4 ERA. Will Vest has been solid. Gregory Soto, a lights-out closer as well. So, I did wind up making my total a 7.7, so 7.5 or less. I'm going to be taking a look at the over 8 or higher to the under, and honestly, I'd probably be setting this number even a little bit lower if it wasn't for the fact that Bo Brisky, I think, is doing for a lot of negative regression. He's been giving up right around 2.7 walks per 9 innings. His strikeouts per 9 rate is 5.8. He's given up 1.8 
5-5-ish home runs per nine innings. And yet he sits with a 4-19 ERA, 5-0-5 on the road. He's honestly been lucky that he hasn't given up many more hits than he has, as he is very much a pitcher contact guy. Not a guy that gives out a ton of walks, but at the same time, you'd like to see that be a little bit better for a guy that does pitcher contact as much as he does as well. So, 7.5 for less, going to be taking a look at an over 8 or higher to the under end with the Guardians. Want to lay up to a minus 124 on the run line and minus 232 on the money line at 9.23, 9.24 on the betting board. It is going to be the Oakland A's, and they are going to be hitting the road. They're going to be facing off against the Houston Astros as Jake Odorizzi is going to be going for the Astros, and Adam Muller is going to be on the bump for the Oakland A's. And with the A's, got to be figuring that when this is posted up that they are going to be a very sizable underdog currently. We've got no numbers up on this game, but with that said, I don't have a lot of confidence in the Oakland A's being able to deliver a very good performance. I want to making them a plus 268 underdog, which means I'm willing to lay up to a minus 268 with the uh, Houston Astros. And with the Astros, I want up setting them a minus 146 on the run line, which means a minus 145 or less. I'm going to be willing to lay it in. This is a spot in which an 8 or less on the total, I'm going to be looking at an over 8.5 fryer. I'm going to be taking a look at the under, as I do think that the Astros are going to be doing a lot of work on this. Total by themselves for the Oakland A's. It's just absolutely putrid what they're trotting out there in terms of lineup. You don't have any guys I've seen at least 50 at bats. They're in north of a 245. And they wound up trading away legitimately one of their best hitters in Christian Bethancourt a couple days ago. Seth Brown with his 10 home runs. He is currently leading the way for the team. You saw them wind up getting stymied by Justin Verlander yesterday. And for the Oakland A's, to their credit, they've been able to rise up a little bit more here in the last few days as they were able to steal a game in the series. But you've got Elvis Andrews. Along with Sky Bolt, Sheldon Noisy, throwing there the male machine, Ramon Laureano, along with Sean Murphy. These guys are in between about a 225 to a 241, and these are the top guys on the team. Just absolutely pathetic. Now, for the Oakland A's, you do have a few guys that will be able to do a relatively okay job out there in the bullpen, as you do have Domingo Azevedo, Zach Jackson, AJ Puck, Sam Ball. All these guys are posting up a 3 3 ERA or better, so that's been encouraging, including Ball being able to give you a 2 ERA, but you take a look at what you're going to be able to get out of Haller, and it has been terrible. They've been using him as a little bit more of a long reliever after he wound up getting four starts earlier in the year, and in his four starts, it did not wind up going well at all, as him in the role of a starter has just been not terrific, to say the least, as he's got a home runs per at-bat rate of right around a home runs surrendered every 10 at-bats, in which opponents face off against him, and as a starter, opponents are hitting a 340 off of him, meanwhile, they're hitting more like a 250 off of him when he winds up coming out of the bullpen, and as a starter, he had north of a 10 ERA this season, so that was not necessarily a great experiment, and I mean, you take a look at it overall, he has won five innings or less in every one of his starts thus far this season, and if you do the math, 14 and two-thirds innings for him as a starter, he wound up giving up 20 earned runs and 21 in total, so it's a case in which it's just not been great. Now, this is a Houston Astros team that they themselves are a little bit banged up, or else I probably would be setting this total a little bit higher. You do have currently out of the fold one of the top hitters in all baseball, and Jordan Alvarez. I'll say Altuve wound up returning to the fold yesterday, though he has been able to hit a 275. He and Kyle Tucker have been able to give you 17 home runs apiece. Jeremy Pena, he's been able to do a solid job getting on base. He's hitting at 260. You do need a little bit more out of guys like Elamendi Diaz. 
Yuli Gurriel and company. But for Yuli Gurriel, after he wound up having a very shaky start to the season, he's been able to pick it up. He's hitting right around 265 over the last 30 days for this team. Jake Byers has been able to 260 catchers by in general. Has been rough for the Astros, but with the Astros as well. One of the top bullpens out there in the big leagues. Ryan Stanek, Seth Martinez. You're able to throw in there Rafael Montero. All these guys have a sub-250 ERA. You've been able to get some good innings out of Ryan Presley as well. And then for Jake Odorizzi, was a little bit of a rough go of it for him in his 4th of July start against the Kansas City Royals. But really, other than that, he's given up three runs or fewer in every one of them. He's given up just two home runs in 42 and two-thirds innings. That shouldn't wind up going up against a Oakland A's team that they have just not been able to supply the deep ball overall for Odorizzi. Walks are a little bit suspect. He's been giving up a little bit over three walks per nine innings, but I think they're going up against Oakland exactly what he needs. I think that the Astros should be able to dominate in this spot. Want to make them minus 145 on the run line, minus 268 on the money line. Eight or less looking over at half or higher to the under. 925-926 on the banking board. The Chicago White Sox, they throw a face off against the Minnesota Twins. Dylan Cease and Decease is going to be going for the White Sox. It is currently listed as to be determined for the Minnesota Twins. We are figuring that it's going to be Chris Archer, and if it is Chris Archer, you want to be accounting for the both open quite a bit in this one because he's went five innings or fewer in every one of his starts thus far this season with him coming off the injured list might be even more brief at that and I will say for Chris Archer he has done a good job of not completely blowing games if he does wind up getting the start you feel pretty solid about him not necessarily lighting it up and delivering an amazing start or anything like that but 308 ERA, his strikeouts per nine rate has went down only seven punch-outs per nine innings, and part of the reason why he hasn't been able to lend a lot of length, he has been giving up right around 4.3 bucks per nine innings, but Dylan sees he's got a similar issue himself, as he's been giving up right around 4.3 bucks per nine innings, but sees he has made opponents to cease with the way that he's been able to get strikeouts, as his strikeouts per nine rate north of 13, and he has been supreme on the road. Buck 52 road ERA compared to a 288 home ERA. Overall, he is giving up a home runs per nine rate right around a .75. Opponents are getting a 206 off of him. That has been amazing now with the Chicago White Sox because they wound up getting blown out yesterday thanks to an absolutely terrible start from Lance Lynn. You do have your more trustworthy guys available in the bullpen. Reynaldo Lopez, who's posting up three ERA along with William Hendricks and Kendall Graveman. You're going to be able to take a look at them and you're going to be able to get some production there. And for the White Sox, they do lead the big leagues in terms of batting average on the road. Tim Anderson, he's been able to a little bit north of a 300 for the team. Andrew Vaughn, more like a 295. And for Jose Abreu, overall hitting a 305 for the season, but over the last 30 days, he's been hitting more in the pocket about a 350. Sevi Savala has been able to do a nice job of being able to get on base now. Josh Harrison, AJ Pollock, Gavin Sheets, these guys are all hitting a 230 or lower at the back half lineup. That's a little bit of an issue, but for the Minnesota Twins, you've got Byron Buxton, who hasn't done a great job in terms of the average, hitting about a 220, but his home runs per at bat rate, that is right in the neighborhood about 11.5. You've had Luis Arias be one of the best just setup men in all baseball. He's been able to lead off hitting a 340, so that's been terrific. And then you've got Gio Rochelle, Jose Miranda, Nick Gordon, Kyle Garlick, Gilberto Sassino, all guys that are currently hitting between about a 260 to a 275, throwing their Alex Curl off as well. Max Coupler, Ode Palunco, hitting between a 245 to a 250 with Palunco. He's been able to go deep 14 times thus far this season. You've been able to get a little bit of pop out of Gary Sanchez as well. Now, for the Minnesota Twins, they did wind up using up Yuan Duran along with Griffin Jacks yesterday. These are your two longer guys for the team. Jacks didn't wind up throwing a lot of pitches, so he could wind up returning in this one, but you've also been able to get some very solid innings out of Giovanni Moran, who's been able to give you a sub 2 ERA 
Joseph Bethy is back for the team after he had a great start to the season. Saw a little bit of regression, but Gerald Cotton, he's able to give you a 286 ERA as well. So a little bit of an intriguing one. And this is a Chicago White Sox team that they hit lefties much better than righties, about 35 points better, as a matter of fact, against lefties versus righties. And when it comes to hitting against lefties, they wind up getting a home run at about 75% more of their at-bats as well. So that is something to take a look at. If it is Cease versus Chris Archer, I do mind him saying the White Sox as a minus 142 favorite. I would need at least a plus 125 to be able to take a look at that run line. 7.5 or less, I'd be looking at an over an 8 or higher to the under. And we wrap things up with 9.27, on the bank board. Also, the DK Nation pick has the Seattle Mariners at the road faceoff against the Texas Rangers. Glenn Otto is going to be going for the Rangers. Chris Felixson is going to be on the bump for the Mariners. EMs are in between minus 125 at minus 130 favorites between plus 110 and plus 118 is your price on Texas. Nine is your total. The over is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115 and the under is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. DK Nation pick is going to be on the under. I do think that this is going to be a well-pitched game because you do have a guy in Chris Flexen that has been a little bit more of a pitcher contact guy, but as maybe we do a nice job of being able to rein things in recently and after he wound up having some very demonstrative home and road splits in the beginning part of the season last year, he's been able to do a nice job of being able to keep things a little bit more sustainable and you have a pair of teams that have been able to do a great job out there in the bullpen. Top 10 bullpen ERAs for both of these teams and for the Seattle Mariners. Number one bullpen ERA over the last, we're going to call it six and a half weeks as you got a lot of guys like Diego Castillo and an Andres Munoz that had north of a five ERA first month and a half of the season. Sub two ERAs ever since. And Matt Brash has been able to resurface as a very good bullpen piece. Ryan Baruki, he overall for the season has a five ERA, but with the Seattle Mariners, that has dipped to a 238. So these guys have been relatively reliable for flexing. 384 ERA. He's given up right around 1.05 home runs per nine innings. The walks are still a little bit high. 3.2 walks per nine innings. But with that said, he's been able to do a little bit of a better job of being able to rein it in in terms of his home and road splits as well as this is a guy with actually a better road ERA than a home ERA. 379 road ERA compared to a 392 at home. And then you take a look at the flip side for Glenn Otto. Certainly has been a little bit up and down and he too needs to work on the walks. He's been giving up right around five walks per nine innings but has a lot of good pure stuff. You take a look at Otto in his last, we're going to call it five starts. He's given up four runs or fewer in four of them. It doesn't sound like necessarily a ton, but he's been able to improve himself a little bit the last start that he wound up going into. He was facing off against the Oakland A's in that game that wound up going to very, very many innings. That was a little bit of a calamity. I do think that he's going to be able to do a little bit of a better job, and then he's got behind him a very good bullpen with Brock Burke being able to give you a sub-2 ERA. It has been a very solid season for Dennis Santana as well. He's seen a little bit of regression, but still a sub-3 ERA. Joe Barlow still dealing with a little bit of an injury, but you do take a look at the Texas Rangers lineup, and you've got overall some very good balance with it as you've got pretty much on any given night between six and seven guys that have been able to give you a double-digit amount of homers being able to take the field for this team, and then on top of that, you've got Corey Seager being able to give you 21 home runs. A lot of guys hanging in that neighborhood about a 242, 250. Cole Calhoun throwing their Corey Seager, Ado Lise Garcia, Marcus Simeon. They all find themselves in that fold. You've got Nate Lowe who's been able to about a 275 for the team, so that has been relatively solid for them as well. And then on the flip side, for the Seattle Mariners, Julio Rodriguez. He's got between 16 and 17 home runs. He's hitting a 275. He and Eugenio Suarez have been able to give you right around a 335 on-base percentage, and then you wind up going a little bit further down the line, and the guys that have really been able to step up for the team are 
guys that you wouldn't expect, like Cal Raleigh is only around the Mendoza line of 200, as you need him to be able to shape that up a little bit. Dylan Moore is someone that you need a little bit more from as well. Abraham Toro, all these guys are in between about a 215 or lower, but for Raleigh, he's been able to give you right around 12 home runs as far this season. Jesse Winker, after he had a very rough start to the season, he's been able to provide right around about a 250 batting average and nearly a 330 on base ever since he won coming off the suspension as well. You've got a lot of relatively solid bats for the Seattle Mariners, but I do think that they're going to be silenced. I do think that both of these pitchers are going to be able to rise up. You've got a pair of guys that have had a little bit of a tougher time as pitcher contact guys, but I do think that Otto, his stuff is beginning to improve, and I do think that he's going to be able to hold these Seattle Mariners at bay so the DKNH pick is going to be on the under end. I did wind up making the Texas Rangers a little bit of a favorite. I do think that this is a bullpen that is going to be able to do a solid job in this spot, so I'm going to be taking a look at the Texas Rangers on the money line. I wound up making them a minus-113 favorite, and DK Nation pick semi-total on an 8.2, so I'm looking at the under, and that will wrap things up for the Sunday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the VEASAN family, a podcast, and a big thanks to Ariel Epstein of MLB Network, along with the Iowa Sports, for joining me in the last segment, and thank you for bearing with me in the final five minutes of this podcast, as I wound up having a little bit of a power surge here in lovely Las Vegas, while this wound up going down to the due to the heat, so that's always a lot of fun, and if you like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, the Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe where you your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, whatever for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to send. First one is my Twitter timeline, at GNNR41. Keep in mind, letters CM, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. Other way is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Find that five-star review. Coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season, which means I'm coming at you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. 
As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.